This is Tim. I am riding solo today. Jonathan John is not here today. He is currently working. He's had a cover for me a number of times. So, hey, this is just me doing my part in this partnership that we call Riffin. How many of you have heard of the, is it acronym? K-I-S-S? And I will give you a couple seconds to think about if you've heard of that acronym. And I'm not talking about the rock metal face paint band kiss. I'm talking about K-I-S-S. Take a second to think. Okay, so that's a second. If you haven't thought of it yet, it is keep it simple stupid. And Google is telling me the KISS principle states that most systems work best if they are kept simple rather than made complicated. Therefore, simplicity should be a goal in design and unnecessary complexity should be avoided. And I was thinking about that this week as I've been going through this book called The Four Agreements. And if you're interested in checking out The Four Agreements, the author is Don Miguel Ruiz. The book is very straightforward. I think the audiobook you can get through it in like two and a half hours. But basically what The Four Agreements are, this isn't really spoiling the book because I really do think that everybody should go through it and actually hear what the author has to say. But The Four Agreements are be impeccable with your word, don't take anything personally, don't make assumptions, and always do your best. Now, at face value, you're like, always do my best. That's shit I've been hearing since I was a kid. Uh, Don't take anything personally. Sticks and stones may break my bones, and that's been a saying since we were kids as well. You know, all these things seem so self-explanatory. Like, okay, obviously, if I want to have an optimal life where I'm not feeling tortured and plagued, it makes sense that I to do my best would give me better results as opposed to being lazy. I was going through this book, and as I was going through it, in moments of reflection during it, I would pause the audiobook. Some, I chose audiobook. I would pause it, and I would just think, like, how many books am I going to have to read for something to, like, stick? And then I just pondered on that thought for a moment, and it's like, How many self-help gurus, how many authors, how many TED Talks, how many lectures, how many professors and psychologists are putting out papers and essays and YouTube videos are out there on better, bettering yourself. I mean, it is just a huge world and mountains and mountains and mountains of theories and guesstimates on how to live the most optimal life. And I think we're all trying to find these new ways to scratch that uh, that itch that keeps coming back, that unsettledness, that unsatisfied feeling with your life. And, and it's like you read one book and you just ride this high for so long, or you watch this one inspirational video and you ride this high for so long. And then the pattern that I've seen in my life, and I'm sure a lot of you have felt and seen in your life, is that kind of goes away. And then the real world comes back and you start feeling more beaten down and you start forgetting the teachings of what that book taught you. And it's in there somewhere in your head, but like an unused muscle, it becomes weak. It becomes almost non-existent. Whenever I was younger and I would go through these books, I truly felt in the moment like, oh, 
this is it. <laughs> I found the answer and I would shout from the rooftops to all my friends and I would make Facebook posts about these books and I'm like, everybody, I have your answer. If you just read The Secret or you just read whatever book I was into at the time, I, I don't think I, I was really ever into The Secret, but that's like an example. You know, if you just read this, it's going to solve everything. I think people feel jaded maybe because they've once too felt that or seen that for themselves and they've seen like, okay, well that just fades. You can apply this to so many other facets in life. You know, we get hooked on this TV show. Oh my God, this is the best. This is the best one. This is the one that scratched my itch. Then as time goes on, you're kind of like, man, I'm kind of getting itchy again. I'm kind of itching for a new show. I don't really feel satisfied. That show doesn't really do it for you anymore. And I'm hiccuping like crazy right now. It's wild. Um, And then you look for something else to scratch it. And then there's just, I think as you get older in life, you start seeing this pattern where nothing really ever fully fills that satisfaction void that, that, and I, and I think then the answer lies within that complex. The answer lies right there is there is never going to be anything that completely fulfills you. And I don't think you want a life where you feel totally fulfilled because how boring is that? How boring is a life where you're like, I don't need to watch any more TV shows. I saw one whenever I was 27 that scratched the itch. I'm good now. I I, I no longer need to watch TV shows or how many books do you read where you're like, okay, you know what? I just closed the book and that answered all my questions and I'm good. (laughs) And you just live life from whatever age you are until the age you die and you just have the knowledge and you're just, you're good to go. There's no qualms. There's no worries. I just don't think that's realistic. And I think there are people out there in the world like monks and, uh, monks of the like and they really do strive for that zen that contentment that at peace with yourself and at peace with the world around you feeling but living in modern day culture i just don't think personally that that is a possible thing to attain um no matter how hard you try so i had to forgive myself in that moment because in that moment i was kind of beating myself up like I mean, how many books are you going to have to read for something to freaking stick? And, you know, the same thing can be applied to diets. It's like, you know, I tried vegan, I tried paleo, carnivore, uh, you know, whole 30, uh, whatever the diet would be at the time that's, that's popular. You know, there's always a new superfood coming out, right? And people think, oh, this is going to be the one. This is going to be it. And I think we need to stop lying to ourselves and just realize like, this might be really helpful and it might be really cool. It might be a good tool. And maybe that's what we need to think of these things as, as tools. Um, this book is going to be a nice tool for my arsenal whenever the bull crap of life comes. But this is not going to be the end all be all because there is no end all be all. Once I kind of like sat in that thought for a while and I was, and I started thinking of these things in my life that I'm using as more so tools than fix me. (laughs) You know, instead of looking to this thing to fix me, I'm looking at this thing now as it's going to give me a couple little extra um, tricks up my sleeve for whenever the inevitable feelings of hardship and life come up where it's just, I feel overwhelmed. I now might have new vocabulary to put to these feelings that I have. Someone says it way more intelligently and differently to me that it may click. 
And that's also the beauty in different writers and different voices is 10 people can tell you the one, the same theory and it just doesn't happen to click with you. But then person 11 comes in and tells you that information just in a different way. And it just clicks with your brain somehow. And those moments are really magical because you just got like a really strong tool in your tool belt that you wouldn't have had otherwise. So that's a good reason why you should continue to seek to learn because that next book you read might be the one that just gets you a stronger upgraded tool, I guess you would say. And I would, and for me, the four agreements is an upgraded tool. Um, you know, I've read so many books. I've listened to countless hours of podcasting and lectures and all of those things have been really helpful, but there's sometimes those magical moments that, um, that really make things feel significant. And going through this book made me really, I thought about the keep it simple, stupid as I was going through this book. And I can't remember if I heard that on a TV show or a movie. This book totally aligns with keep it simple, stupid. For someone like me that overcomplicates everything, that picks apart everything, that has to know why this happened. Well, how did this happen? Like, you know, all those interrogation questions. I guess I play interrogation um, with myself with a lot of things. Why'd you do that? How could you have let this happen? You know, what happened that led to these things happening? And I just constantly beat myself up and, or, you know, whenever something happens to me or I see something happen, we always try to have a, a through line, a story and um, life is inevitably more fun whenever you come up with these stories, but keep it simple, stupid life. In my opinion, and I've said this before on the podcast is in inherently simple, but it's not easy. And we always get those two words confused. And I really do truly believe that life is simple, but it is not easy. It's the opposite of easy it is insanely difficult and hard, but it is simple. You know, when I was reading through this book, the four agreements, and I'm just about done with it. And, you know, he talks about be impeccable with your word. Don't take anything personally. Don't make assumptions and always do your best. There are books out there that it's like the five, the, you know, the 50 rules of business or uh, how to deal with X, Y, and Z. And, all, you know, these people that just makes things so complicated and they make diets so complicated. People are self-diagnosing the situations that they're in and, and, you know, they're playing doctor with themselves and they're playing doctors with their health and they're just making things just so much more complicated than it has to be. And a way that this is happening in the real world is how many times in your life that is something off, you know, you, you, you feel something is off, whether it's a mental thing that's off or it's a physical thing that's off. And the first thing you do is you go to the doctor and then you go to the doctor and seeking help, you're seeking relief, whether that's like from, you know, mental distress or physical distress. And the doctor just kind of gives you a med. They give you something to treat the, the symptom. And I was listening to one of my lectures and the psychologist was saying, before I would suggest giving anyone any medication at all, or really even any therapy at all, I ask them the questions, what's your diet like? What's your sleeping habits like? And I think those were like the main things like, like, yeah, like, are, are you waking? Are you going to bed? And are you getting up at the same time every day? What are you fueling your body with? 
if the person was out of whack, if the person's like, you know, I go to bed at two, wake up at four, and then the next night I go to bed at 10, and I wake and I sleep in until 10 the next day, but then the next night I may only get three hours, and the next night I get seven, blah, blah, blah. The doctor's like, or the person I was listening to was like, okay, if you don't have a firm foundation like that to stand on, it's going to be really hard to treat you. So unless the illness that you're dealing with is related to like insomnia, where that is the the thing you're struggling with, you know, try to get those things in order first. If, if you're able to get the diet and you're able to get sleep in order, tackle those things first. Just very, the simple, basic necessities of life. And then tackle you know, if it, this, the, the symptoms now, because we can rule out the fact that, you know, your body is having time to heal. You're, you are fueling your body with the proper foods. I really appreciated that because it's very simple. Oh, I, I just need to make sure I go to bed the same time every night. And I need to make sure that I'm, I'm, I'm fueling my body right. I think a lot of people, they want to take the easy way out. And so they would much rather someone come to them and go, oh, just take this pill. You'll be good. They don't want to change up the habits. They don't want to change up these things that they found comfort in. And people tend to go the hard route with a lot of things and me included. And you know, I'm, I'm talking to the, you know, preaching to the choir. It's not easy to look in the mirror and realize that you have more power than you want to take on. It's like, isn't it so much easier just to call the doctor and be like, I feel sick, give me a pill. And uh, even to the point where you develop like hypochondria, you start thinking that you have illnesses that you might not have. If you have something wrong with you, then someone can validate these things and they can give you medicine. But what if it is as simple as you need to be working out way more than you do, dude? Like, no wonder you're an anxious mess. You don't do anything all day. You don't move at all. So your body has all this stored up energy because it needs to move and it needs to do something. And then because you have so much energy, it puts strain on your heart and you start getting chest pains or you're a, a jittery mess. You know, you got tremors in your hands, your eyes twitching, you know, you have all these things. And it's like, well, how often are you moving throughout the day? Well, I'm not. Oh, okay. So what you want, you want me to give you a medicine to fix this and who knows what kind of repercussions that have, or you, you could actually do the work. And again, doing the work is simple, but it is not easy. Just going through this book and hearing him break the problems that we face in life down to four simple concepts really struck home with me because it's like, damn, after I read these books and after I go through these lectures, the problem is I don't then carry on these practices to my everyday life. Like I ride that high, it feels good, but there's this foundational issue that's wrong. And whenever you don't have a firm foundation, things crumble and debris of knowledge float in your mind throughout the, the weeks and the months and the years. And you're like, I should be smarter than this. You know, I've gone through all these books and I've gone through all these, you know, YouTube videos and documentaries and whatever else. And like, I should be smarter. And you start beating yourself up. But it's like, well, how are these things ever going to stand firm on weak sand, on quicksand? A thing that I went through growing up, and I know John went through this too, is there was these things called youth retreats at church. And the purpose of a youth retreat was to get everyone in a certain age group, like they broke it up into middle schoolers and high schoolers, to go away just for away from the world for a weekend, Friday to Sunday, and just kind of like kickstart your love for God, essentially, and just being be in the community together and um, just share like a special bonding weekend where you could have games and a message and all these things, worship. And 
10 out of 10 times, <laughs> 10 out of 10 times. I mean, I've, I went on probably like a dozen of them because I played worship. Um, so I used to, I went to every single one and, uh, 10 out of 10 times Sunday comes and you leave and you feel like you could rule the world <laughs> with, with the love and the knowledge and the assurance that you felt in your heart. You were like, I am going to be a new person. I am going to be changed. Something broke the crust off of my heart and, and, and I'm now seeing life in a new light and you go home and maybe that week you're just kind of beaming a little bit differently than you normally would. But then as you interact with the world and you deal with rejection or you deal with bad grades or you deal with like angry parents or whatever it is that you're struggling with, the high wears off quote, reality smacks you in the face. And then after a while you kind of like need that up again. I remember once that wears off, you're kind of like, when's the next retreat happening? <laughs> I didn't have a system in place to maintain that. It's like, there's a reason why consistency with bodybuilding is so crucial. And there's a reason why whenever you fall off the wagon with it, that the fall is really great. <laughs> there's, there's a reason why getting to where you want to be takes so long and falling off takes so it's so little. And it's that whenever you're building it, you're, you're building like this foundation and, uh, the people who really have been doing it for so, so, so long, the fall off is a lot. It's more gradual because you have this years and years and years of work built up. But the people who, you know, like me, who I didn't grow up being a very physical workout type of dude, whenever I go from doing nothing to just like a month of working out and then I stop, there's a reason why after two days, I'm, you know, I can't, I can't go back and run that mile that I just did, you know, because I don't have that conditioning. And the same thing goes for our minds. It's like, you know, if I'm not putting in the work on my quote off days, the days that I'm not reading, if I'm not applying things to my everyday life, how's anything actually going to stick? You know, instead, it's much easier to just blame everything else and be like, well, that maybe that book wasn't that good. Or maybe that pastor I heard wasn't good. Or that lecturer wasn't good. Or I don't really connect with what they're saying. I think people have known the answer for years and years and centuries and centuries and have been shouting it from the rooftops, but we just want to complicate it and be like, that, that, that can't possibly be it. Really? You're trying to tell me that if I'm impeccable with my word, if I don't take anything personal, if I don't make assumptions and I do my best, that I'm good. And the person's probably like, yep, <laughs> that's, that's really, really, that's, that's what you got to do. And it's like, that's BS. Like, it's got to be more. There, there's got to be a, a, a bigger purpose. And then I was like, all right, dude, have fun torturing yourself the rest of your life. I'm going to be over here, like still dealing with things. It's not like I've reached a Zen, but I now, I now cannot be so shaken to my core anymore because I know that if I'm just doing those things, I can sleep, I can rest my head at night. And I know for me, my shortcomings, and I think the reason why I get stuck in patterns is because I haven't been putting in the work because it's easier to blame everything else, you know? So I just kind of wanted to share that this week that if you find yourself overcomplicating things and you find yourself stuck in a rut of you read a good book, you see something cool and it's great. You start a new diet and the diet's great you know, and you're like, this is, this is it. I'm losing weight. I'm enjoying the food. This is sweet. And then after a while, if things kind of get stale again, well, 
I think you need to look at things from a more fun, foundational level and not look at things as a life as a diet, but look at things as like a lifestyle choice. Like, you know, I'm not going to go on walks because I feel like I have to. I'm doing it because like this is what I'm meant to do. I'm meant to move. This is seriously not a question of want. This is a matter of need. I need to be moving my body. This is what I was designed to do. Whenever I don't move my body, awful things happen. You know, my anxiety is through the roof. Uh, I have all this pent up, what is it, cortisol, you know, and that's just in your body. And my therapist broke down the fight or flight thing. It was like so crazy how they broke it down. And I wish that I just would have had this conversation. So it's more fresh in my mind. But the way that I remember the conversation going was like, if you're, uh, if your response typically is flight, um, you should be the type of person who's like exercising cardio, maybe doing like the punching bags and stuff like that. Like you're like high intensity things. Like, like you're just, your, your body is revved up and you needed just to have something throughout the day to burn that off. Because back in the day, whenever you weren't sedentary all day, you might've been the person in your tribe who was going out and running and getting food. If you're the fight person, then maybe you should be really lifting weights and you should be really like just getting your energy out that way is through muscle training. And I was kind of like, wow, I never broke things down into like a physical tangible way. How many books am I going to have to read for it to click in my head that I already know what I have to do? It just comes down to me. That's kind of what I'm getting at today. I really do think that we overcomplicate life make it way harder than it has to be. Maybe we should take some time to stop consuming and looking for the next book for an answer. Just for a moment, take some time to just pause from the consumption and look inward and see like where are you getting hung up at and see if it's you getting hung up, you know, or if, you know, are are you truly just in like an awful situation, which could very well be the case. Maybe you have cancer or, Maybe something really hard is happening to you personally. So like a loved one is dying. And in those cases, you know, I definitely think that you need to do what you feel is best for you. But for me, dude, come on. (laughs) When is it going to click? And it's like, oh, maybe I'm the one that's prolonging that. So hopefully something resonated with you today. I didn't think I was going to go on this long, but apparently I had something to say. So uh, I hope you enjoy this episode. John, I miss you. And I wish you were here talking with me about this, but I know next week we'll have something good. And everybody have a great week. Enjoy the spring weather. It's finally getting super nice out. And I will talk to you soon. (laughs) 